and today <laughs> it's Friday and we're talking about chaos. Chaos. What a nice way to round out the week. So I think we can all admit that chaos is everywhere. Mm. Uh, it is a behavior that looks random but actually really isn't random. But in the context that we'll look at it today, it's a very important area of contemporary mathematical research where you study situations where small um, changes at the beginning of a certain process cause huge errors at the very end. So chaos is actually, as detrimental as it is, it's actually very important because it helps us cope in unstable systems mm. Mm. by improving our ability to describe, to understand, and sometimes even to forecast situations ahead of us. Yeah. So essentially, we're studying behavior that looks random but isn't. Mm. So this is not only about weather forecasting or economic planning, yeah. but the idea is that a small mistake can have enormous consequences mm. because chaos is essentially a synonym for randomness or unpredictability. Absolutely. So here we'll be talking about it um, in terms of like linear systems where everything is straight and according to plan yeah. and non-linear systems where everything gets a little bit you know, confusing and out of hand. So the author provides a very brief introductory explanation to this topic of chaos and he does it in an accessible level and uh, depending on what you enjoy, it's quite entertaining. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what you guys think. Mm -hmm. uh, so the butterfly effect is often quoted when talking about chaos theory. And so the concept is imagined as a butterfly flapping its wings and causing a storm halfway across the world. And so, of course, the single act of a butterfly flapping its wings cannot cause a typhoon or a hurricane. Yeah. Mm. But the idea is that a small event, however small, can serve as a catalyst to a starting you know, consequence. Mm. And so the identification of this butterfly effect is credited to a man called Edward Lorenz, who was a meteorologist and a mathematician. Yeah. And he successfully combined these two disciplines together to create chaos theory. So in the 1950s, Lorenz was trying to predict the weather. And in his experiments trying to predict the weather, he was entering data into um, his models. And so instead of entering the data as 0 0.506127, mm -hmm. he entered the data as 0 0.506, as we normally mm -hmm. do, you just round up. Mm -hmm. And so the result was surprising. Because of just changing those numbers a little bit, he yeah. got completely different results. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so that tiny change in the initial conditions had long-term effects. Okay. And so in popular culture, when we talk about the butterfly effect, sometimes we misuse it. Mm. So it's become almost synonymous with leverage, um, where we assume that situations can be manipulated to a desired effect. If mm. you know how to manipulate the butterfly effect, yeah. you can get what you want. Yeah. Yes. But this misses the insight that Lawrence had in the 1950s, yeah. because the reality for him yeah. was that small things in a complex system yeah. may sometimes have no effect at all to yeah. anything. They may yes. be inconsequential. Mm. Yes. And that it also is sometimes difficult to even know what that small effect may even be, how to even pinpoint it. Yeah. Mm. So if at the end of the day, what we're actually trying to do mm. is identify that slippery slope that will lead us to chaos. So yeah. you want to identify it before you get to the chaos. Mm. And an example that I found, which I thought was quite fitting, comes from a children's book called If You Give a Mouse a Cookie written by Laura Numeroff. Yeah. So essentially the book goes like this. Mm. A boy gives a cookie to a mouse. Mm -hmm. The mouse asks for a glass of milk. Then the mouse requests, requests a straw to drink the milk. Then he asks for a mirror to avoid a milk mustache as he drinks the milk. Then he asks for scissors to trim his mustache. Then he asks for a broom to sweep his uh, mustache trimmings. Then he wants to take a nap. Then he wants to have a story read to him. Then he wants to draw a picture. Then he wants to hang the picture on the fridge. 
<laughs> then as he's looking at the fridge, he remembers that he's thirsty. Yeah. So he asks for a glass of milk. Then when he gets the glass of milk, he wants a cookie. So the circle starts all the way from the top and on guess. and on and on. So yeah. I think it kind of shows you how crazy chaos can be. That one small thing, the act of giving a cookie can lead you into this spiral yeah. of chaos. So yeah. I guess the moral of the story is don't let people into your bedroom. bedroom. Yeah, as we're some oh, political wow. actors, we can think of. I think we could. <laughs> I, I know one who stays in current. Uh-oh. <laughs> yes. Wow. <laughs> now, you know, I was uh, doing this chapter of why exponential growth is superior to linear growth. And I was talking to 2J because she's better than me in math, she was able to interpret this for me. Yeah. Chaos is about non-linear models, mm -hmm. not linear models. Yes. This one is very sharp sometimes. <laughs> now, story is told about the origins of chess. Now, King of Persia was so impressed by a man called Sisa Ben Dahir mm -hmm. for creating the game of chess. Mm -hmm. Now, he wanted to reward him. So he asked him, boss, what do you want? Then Dahir says he wants uh, quantities of rice based on the formation of the chessboard. Now, if you play chess, and I know there are very few people who play chess, people in current don't play chess, but people along Caledonia do. Now, chessboard has eight by eight, 64 mm -hmm. uh, boxes. Yeah. All right. Now, uh, he says that uh, he wanted uh, rice. Now, one grain of rice to be put on the first square, second grain of rice to the second, to the sec uh, second grain of rice to the second, fourth on the third, eight on the fourth, and uh, the effect is doubling the the number mm -hmm. on its square until it gets to number 64. Yeah. Now, he calls this the rice map. Now, the rice map requires one grain for the first square again, then two for the, th uh, for the second, four for the third, eight, 16, 32, 64, 128, mm -hmm. until the last, uh, uh, that is for the last square on the row. Now, on the third square of the second row, we pass 1,000, all right? That's 1,000 grains of rice, mm. okay? Now, if you go all the way to the 64th square, you know how many uh, grains of rice you get? How many? 18 zillion grains of rice. Zillion. Zillion. So that's past trillion. billion, That's past billion, that's past trillion, right? Now, that is exponential, that's the exponential growth. Mm -hmm. Now, let's just go a little bit behind mm -hmm. and then see what linear growth would give us. If you had to do with the linear growth, with linear growth, if you had to, ac uh, to account per grain from 64 to 63 to 62, and then uh, all the way three to one, you'd only get to 1,000 uh, grains of rice. Mm -hmm. Point is this, and he says this, and I want to quote him, he says, one of the surprising things about exponential growth is that whatever the values of these parameters, there will come a time at which exponential growth surpasses any linear growth and will soon thereafter, and, and, and soon thereafter linear growth, no matter how fast the linear growth is, will not matter. Mm. And you see, when he said he wanted rice, I asked myself, this man <laughs> has created such a beautiful game. He wants to be paid. In Kikuyu, he'll say, no, Mosheri Areda. Like, Mosheri. But then, do you know what the value of rice he asked for was? Mm. It was worth two millennia of rice. Mm. That is 2,000 years mm -hmm. worth of rice. of rice. Now, the commodity, the amount of money you get from that commodity would be absolutely staggering. Mm -hmm. mm, interesting. <laughs> I can't say I fully understood the whole story, but uh, I will watch this I again. don't blame you. <laughs> Ma a math person is right next to us. Right. So, I mean, it's interesting. Um, when I was reading this book, it's a little bit complex. It's not um, eas an easy read by any means. Um, but I, s I got stuck on weather, because so weather is something that we tend to take for granted. Mm. Um, and so he says in the book, we can hardly blame our forecasters for 
failing to provide a clear picture of where we're going to end up if, if we cannot give them a clear picture of where we currently are. It's not mm. easy to make a prediction about anything, let yeah. alone the weather. Um, and so operational weather forecasting, he says, is a remarkable phenomenon in and of itself. Um, everyday observations are taken in the most sort of remote locations. Um, mm. And then they're communicated um, amongst uh, nas national met offices, meteorological offices <laughs> around the globe and then these nations then use their data to sort of uh, make a model and predict their their weather patterns mm -hmm. um, however even such a simple model is a subject to human error and this means sometimes an observation is subject to a plain old mistake like putting the temperature in the box for wind speed <laughs> or a typo or a glitch mm -hmm. in transition and it's as simple as that and that could sort of throw off your whole model for forecasting the weather. Yeah. Um, so that here, I think the thing I will just say is that human judgment, human calls are still important mm -hmm. because we've had series of uh, storms that have been predicted because the human judgment has been able to make an observation mm -hmm. that overrides the computer. Yeah. So humans are still Superior. important. And <laughs> I just want to leave you on that, oh, with that, <laughs> on a day where we had a winning headline from the Daily Nation and a winning from the cartoon. Uh, winning cartoon from the star, I mm -hmm. want to say this. Chaos often breeds life when order breeds habit. And that was from Henry Adams. Mm -hmm. And I want to say that I'm very moved by chaos theory and that sense of sort of energy from some other place, yeah? The mm -hmm. quantum physics of it. It reminded me of how God works. Um, and the energy and the little sparks which are inside every one of us, inside mm -hmm. our souls.